Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I remember thinking in my head, don't do the pose, don't do the pose, don't do the pose, don't do the pose, and then my hands were just under my chin, and I was like, oh my God, I'm here. Crap. If you could only watch three wrestling matches, what would they be and why? This is what I'm asking some of wrestling's best. In the ring, around the ring, behind the scenes, or behind a microphone. I'm Tom Campbell. Thank you for joining me on Cultaholic Island for another edition of Desert Island Graps. Hello. Good morning, Shazza McKenzie. Good evening, good oh, morning. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night, in case I don't see yes. you. Yes, <laughs> yes, in case I don't see you. I'm a big fan of the Truman Show. Do you ever have those days where you feel like you're in it? Oh, yeah, all the time I have this panic. What if I'm just on a camera? Definitely <laughs> do weird things all the time. Like one time I threw up in the crowd, but that was very public. Just how did you come to throw up in the crowd? My husband was wrestling. Uh, it was actually it was Kyle Fletcher's last match in Australia before he moved to England they're like best friends so it was this big emotional thing that they were finally wrestling um and they did like their intros and someone like wolf whistled at my husband when he took his shirt off and then he thought i wolf whistled at him and so then he said something snarky and then i and then me and charlie evans started laughing and then i took a sip of my water and then charlie evans snorted and then when she snorted i was just done and then i just like all my like bodily functions just like stopped working and then I just threw up on myself <laughs> and like <laughs> this is at like the start of the sh- like the match like they've just done introductions so like the crowd's completely quiet and like they all know that I'm Shazza McKenzie and that I've just thrown up on myself and then <laughs> being who I was I was like well I have to be a good girlfriend at the time so I have to like watch the whole match so I just sat there in my vomit and I was like why don't you just go clean yourself I was like well, I don't want to I want to don't want to miss my my boyfriend's match with these best friends that's uh I'm here to support it's a lovely emotional scene of like, like two best friends fighting for the last time at least in a while and and there's you at ringside covered in sick. Exactly. A beautiful image. It's a beautiful image. Um, I wasn't expecting to start the interview this this hot. Yeah, no, with, I'm with, a weird person. No, no, no. Never, ever apologise for being, <laughs> being who you are. Let's crack on then. Shazza, your, your TikTok game is fabulous. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I know. You're, you're rel- are you relatively new to doing it? Or I imagine you've been watching it for a while. I No, so my husband was, like, obsessed with TikTok for, like, months like he like he would just be sitting next to me and not talking to me for hours and I'd be like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) and then it would turn out that he was just watching TikToks and then he tried to like send he tried to get me into it and I was like I just don't get this and then like I, I there was like 
It was the the shut up Heather one. I don't know why. For Martha some Dump reason, Truck in the flesh. Yeah, that one, that <laughs> Heather's one. For some reason, when I saw that one, the first time I saw that one, I was just suddenly like, "Oh, I get this. This is hilarious." And then I just watched like a compilation. Compl- I always run this word. Compilation. Compl- 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 compilation. That's it. I can never <laughs> say that word. Compl. Oh, it's gone already. Um, of, of Heather's. Um, thingies thing of my bobbies uh heather's tiktoks and then from there it just like spiraled and then he showed me the mariah carey fantasy one and i the whole reason i like started filming them because i only started filming them like last week when i was at a show and like i don't know what happened i was talking to someone and someone started doing the heather thing at me and then i was just like i'm gonna film a tiktok while i'm in my gear and then I like grabbed this rookie kid and like I made him like stand with me while I rehearsed this dance and then I made him record it like 10 billion times until I got it right. And then at the end of it, he was like, if this is what it takes to be like successful as a professional wrestler, I don't think I want to do this. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I've crushed your soul. I understand. Um, and then it's just the spiraled since then. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a weird one, isn't it, with, with TikToks? I don't know whether you remember Vine. Oh, I remember Vine. Like this feels like the the best we'll ever oh, get to, to the yeah. years of Vine again. Because I I used to love Vine, those little six second videos that we do. I haven't I haven't had the courage yet to start filming my own TikToks, uh, but uh, you're you're very much leading the way for me here. Yeah, I mean, I just figure like, what's the worst that's going to happen? People are going to laugh at me. Like they're already like, yeah. I'm sure I've done far more embarrassing things in the like I've like it's yeah I, I don't know. It's well, you, you, you've already, we've already discussed the fact that you've been sick on yourself. So like the yeah, exactly. The, you, like I'm, my life's a mess. So whatever happens, happens. There's something. There's something amazing, amazingly liberating with being in that mindset of you know what, whatever. If you laugh, if you laugh, that's fine. That's what it's there for. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like it's funny, but it's and it's fun to do, and it gives me something to do because I'm very bored all the time. <laughs> Entertains me. Do you get bored a lot? Yeah, I get bored a lot when I'm, like, home because, like, there's not as much wrestling when I'm home. So I, like, I go, like, insane and I start getting, like, really fidgety because then I just watch wrestling and then I watch too much wrestling and then I'm, like, oh, my God, why aren't I wrestling? And then I spiral into, like, this mad, insane person. Um, but that's my life story. And But, like, having TikTok for, like, the last, like, week, I've been, like, oh, look, this is something, like, I spent, like, my afternoon one day, like, just – trying to like choreograph a dance and then it didn't work so i didn't film it but you know i tried <laughs> but it's, it's nice to have something that isn't thinking about watching wrestling yeah it's good like well because i like i watch. it's not that i like i watch a lot of wrestling and i like watching wrestling but i probably watch too much wrestling like people always people like are like shaz you need like a, a hobby like outside of wrestling i'm like i don't understand this is everything <laughs> i've been like this is my life i don't know and they're like no no like just something else so now i found tiktok so i don't think that's what they had in mind but you know <laughs> we got there somehow but what if i told you shazza that i'm gonna send you to a desert island where you can only ever watch three wrestling matches oh no uh, i didn't see this coming i know what a gear change <laughs> who'd have thunk it you're on the show where we talk about this sort of thing so that is 
indeed the press the the premise of Desert Island Grab. So you're allowed to pick three matches to burn onto a DVD that you can watch on a Desert Island. Now the Desert Island does indeed have a DVD player and electricity, but let's not worry okay. about that. Let's just open our minds really wide and just accept that you can't get off the island, but you can watch three wrestling matches whilst you're there. All right. Uh, so what would be your first wrestling match that you would like to take onto the island with you? Okay, so like when you mentioned this to me, like because I've earned like people always just ask you your, your favorite match, right? Like no one ever asks you your top three ma- favorite matches. So like my first one, I was like, this is easy. I like I know what that is, and that's um this match from uh, King of Trios in two thousand and nine. I think it was night two, um and it's Team Uppercut tonight. Team Uppercut. It's facing Team of a Thousand Holts. Mike Quackenbush, Skyder, and Johnny Saint. Thousand holes? It's a good job we know a thousand and one. <laughs> I've, been uh, waiting, I've been waiting to get a Johnny Saint for a long time. I haven't been waiting to get my hands on Mike Quackenbush for a long time. I don't know Skyder, but I'd like to get my hands on him. All right, okay. let's do it. Team Uppercut style. <gasps> Danielson, Claudio, and Dave Taylor versus Team Master of a Thousand Holds, which is Skyade, Johnny Saint, and Quack. And it's just, just things happen. And it's just <laughs> like, it's like, you just don't even know what you're, like, you just like, what is, like, I will never be able to wrestle like this, but I will love watching this. <laughs> Do you remember when you first watched it? I don't remember, like, exactly when it was. I rem- So a few years ago, the first time I went over to America was in, like, 2012, and I, like, trained at um, Shikara, but I actually hadn't really watched much Shikara before that. I remember going to, like, my first Shikara show when I got there, and just being like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. And then I became obsessed with it. And then the next time I went over, this uh, fan that I'd met during my trip literally gave me his entire Shikara DVD collection, hundreds of DVDs. Like, it was insane. There was, like, this period of time where I was just going through and watching, like, putting the DVDs on and watching them. Like, that's what I would watch every day. Um, and I just it just, it was on one of those DVDs. And I was just like, this is it this is what is happening. Like first, like it starts and you're like, holy crap, how are all these like six people in the ring at one time? And then it happens and you're like, oh my God, this is, this is wrestling. We had uh, Mike Quackenbush on the first episode of Desert Island Graps. And uh, the whole concept behind Chikara is that it's sort of comic books and superheroes. Yes. And, uh, and would you say it's in your, your sort of top five companies that you'd love to be at full time? Oh my god! Like, if I could make a living wrestling at Shikara, I would, I'd throw everything away. <laughs> like, it's so like it's so much fun. It's so intricate. I like love training there. Like, I've been lucky enough to like I trained there for a couple of weeks back in 2012. I trained there again for a couple of weeks this year. Uh, we've been lucky enough. The company that I my home company in Australia, which is Pro, Pro Wrestling Australia, we've brought Quack over for a week to train us twice now. Like, I love it. It's my favourite. And I, like, people think I'm crazy and I, like, like oh, I, yeah, no, I could go on for hours. Like, I, I remember, like, I would wake up at, like, when they first did, like, their first live iPay-per-view um, when they came back after the whole storyline of them being shut down. And so, oh, so I was like up at like 5 a.m. on Monday, like, oh my God, this is happening. And then like it goes off air and then it comes back. Oh, it's just great. It's so good. Oh my God. Oh. Wrestling is at its best, I believe, when it's inherently nonsense. I love, 
I love Shakara. Like, it just makes me happy. Can't even express it. <laughs> it's just my favorite. Let's talk a bit about um, life before wrestling. I still, I have a part-time job at the moment now, just so I don't go insane, insane, because I went insane for a few months. First, like, couple of weeks when I, like, got home from, like, wrestling overseas, I was like, oh, this is real fun. And then I was like, oh, my God, I'm all my friends are at work. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> like, <laughs> this is too much. But, yeah, so I worked at, and I still I still work at the at, at a gym. I do very boring um like admin work i really like excel spreadsheets so if you ever want someone to make you a really nifty pivot table uh i'm your girl love them they're my <laughs> when, favorite where did your love for excel spreadsheets start was it I one cold dark evening in the front of an old windows computer i honestly like it was just this realization that i could like find all these different things and like diff- make different reports and graphs and stuff and i was just like oh my god this is so much fun it was like the problem solving of it all like someone's like hey can you tell me how many members are 12 and came in yesterday between five and four and I'm like I can tell you that and then I just make crazy little reports find it out and then I make graphs and oh it's just fun there are two types of people that use excel there are people like yourself who are like I know how to put formulas in left right and center and I can basically make it do all the maths ever and there are people who are just like, I can make the borders red. Like that's yes. it. There's no, there's no in the middle with Excel. There's no in yeah, the middle. Yeah, no. It's amazing. No, and it's, it's, but it's like once you learn to love it, it is a great tool. Exactly. It, yeah. I'm glad we get to talk about TikTok and Excel on this. This is wonderful. These are, times. these are the things I'm passionate about. <laughs> do you, do you find it strange going like when you, you do that sort of transition from? Because I know I, I've, I know people who worked uh, in similar sense to you, where they work in wrestling as often as they can, but they've also got uh, another job to keep them going. Do you find that the, it's a bit strange to go from like a, like a Saturday or a Sunday night where you're in front of a live crowd, and then to a Monday sort of being back at a desk, sat quite quietly? Um, I don't like I don't find it that weird like here it's when I come back from like being overseas and then I go back to like being just a regular person and then I'm like oh oh I okay this is regular life now (laughs) oh (laughs) like that hits you but like just from like like I wrestled on Saturday and like going to work today was I wasn't like oh not Shaz McKenzie anymore. This is uh, this sucks. I was still like, oh, this is just life. <laughs> like, but yeah, like when I come back from America and like doing things like Starcast and stuff, where you're like treated like you're actually important for some reason, even though you're not. Like, why are people paying money for a photo and a signature of me? That's crazy. Um, like, I'm not even performing for you at this point in time. Um, and then to come back home and be like, oh yeah. I, I will run that report for you, sir. If there's like a new staff member and then like they go, oh, well, you know, Shaz over here, she's a professional. They also, everyone just calls me Shaz. Like my real name doesn't exist anymore okay. in just all aspects of my life. Um, but yeah, like they'll just be like, oh, she's a wrestler. And then I get like the weird things like that. Like one kid, I, when I came back with pink hair and I had to explain why that I had pink hair because I was wrestling and I wanted to do something different. And then he just stared at me for like 10 minutes straight without saying a word. And I was like, I don't know what you want from me, kid. <laughs> I 
Like <laughs> I've told you, I've I've made this as clear as I can explain to you. But it's because I'm also like at work, I'm very like a bossy, like not bossy. That's that's the wrong way. I'm very organized. I'm very proper, and I'm like one. I'm one of the adults at work. Like. I'm considerably older than most of the people that I, most of the people I work with are teenagers and I boss them around. So they're just like, what do you mean you're a wrestler? That's weird. <laughs> you know what's weird? You not being paid this month. We can, yeah, I, exactly. I, I know Excel. I can make that happen. I can sort that out. <laughs> I can change the forms. Your second match for your DVD. So we've had a Shakara belter. What's your next match? Next match is the Trish Stratus leader, December 6, 2004, Raw main event, because it is a banger. Lita is looking to win the world's, the women's championship right here tonight, here in North Carolina, her home state. Can she get it done? And can she maintain her composure long enough to get it done? I feel like anyone that's like a women's wrestling fan or a female wrestler that was watching wrestling at that point in time, that match is just so significant to what it meant to women's wrestling. And you knew when you were watching it, such a huge deal to have these girls main event raw for the title. And the match is just, it's such a roller coaster of emotions. Oh, when Trish takes off her, her nose mask thing and she like oh good times was that the match where lita did a dive to the outside and sure is thought that she folded up like an accordion it sure is oh geez that was that was something else so how old would you have been when that when that was on then chazza um i would have been 16 okay i'm so... old i'm an adult <laughs> it's fine it's fine it's fine <laughs> uh so so you would have still been so you the idea of becoming a wrestler, was that something that was on your mind at this point when you were watching this or were you just a fan? So when I, I like I started watching wrestling in 2004. So that's like my peak at ultimate fan. Like I started watching wrestling very late when I started watching wrestling. I was just like, this is it. This is the only thing I care about in life. And this is all I'm going to do. Like by December 2004, I had dropped out of high school because I was going to get a job, make lots of money. And I was going to go travel overseas and learn how to be a professional wrestler. I was very much I was just. I was in. <laughs> How did you come to discover it? I was being a bit of a rebellious teenager. I was pretty cool. I was pretty hip. I was like, had a bit of an older boyfriend and I used to like hang out at his house um, and I was real cool. <laughs> um, and he, um, Raw used to air on like Friday nights in um, in Australia at the time and SmackDown aired on Saturday nights. So I'd always kind of be over there like hanging out on Friday, Saturday night thinking I was real cool. Um, and he'd be all like, oh, I want to watch the wrestling. I'd be like, that's weird. I don't want to watch that. But then this one time, the episode, the draft, I know it was the draft lottery, um, he'd put that on and Trish walked out and she was with Christian and she was I think she did like a highlight reel with Jericho I don't know she did something and she was just the most badass she was so hot and she was so badass and then like instantly broke up with that boyfriend and never left my house again because the only thing I cared about was wrestling <laughs> like it was so instant like I can't like people think I'm joking but like I mean like quit life and wrestling was it growing up I always wanted to be a performer like I was always singing and dancing and like acting and doing like musicals and stuff like I was always going to wanted to be a performer and I think like when I got to my teenage years because I'd been like sort of burnt out with all that as a child because I was like one of those kids that is doing something every single afternoon after school and then all Saturday Sunday I was like doing some sort of performing arts related 
task. Like I wasn't ha- hanging out with my friends. I was just doing stuff to try and be, I don't know, a singer or a dancer or whatever it was I was trying to be. And then when I got to high school, I was like, ah, I hate everything. I don't want to do any of this anymore. This is too much. I want to be a rebel and I want to hang out with my friends. And then I think wrestling was like that, like it was something where I could kind of still rebel from against my parents because my parents obviously were going to be like, no, we don't want you to be in that fighting sport thing where all the girls have their tits out. We don't want you doing that. It was still like it had that the performance part of it. And I was like, yeah, this is it. Like it was just something about it. I was just like, this is my thing. And then everyone was like, it's just a phase. And it wasn't a phase because we're here now. <laughs> Do you, so the, the, there are people, I imagine that your parents, obviously they thought this was a phase, you'll get over it. And what do they, when, when you talk to them about it now, what do they say? Every now and then it'll be like, oh, you know, you can still go back to school. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I'm not going back to school, guys. I'm 31. They're like, you could still get a school still get your high school certificate there's there's ways to do it it's not happening guys like that that ship sailed not going back to school let's let's move on it's a tough one is it to explain sometimes yeah like i mean like they're very proud of me and everything that i've done but like they obviously like to them like they like they don't comprehend how what i've done is cool like cool or great or anything because i'm still just a poor hobo that (laughs) has no money and i don't know if this was the best decision you could go to school and you could become like a doctor wouldn't that make you more money and i was like that probably would make me more money but it's not going to happen it's not going to make you happy exactly happiness is what is important exactly money comes and goes Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. People who don't know the industry will kind of buy into it when they see you doing something that is like, oh, that's a that's a big thing and you're doing that. And I imagine that a few people who may have detracted from you would have thought that when they saw you turn up on AEW. 
Yeah, so, sorry, I just spilled right? water and that made me being... sound really, like, aggressive for a second there. I thought you were being sick. Yeah, so, what? Yeah, come at me. And what, bro? <laughs> you want to you go? <laughs> uh, the people that I work with, like, the really cool thing about AEW that I found was, like, AEW, like, Dynamite and stuff airs at, like, 11 a.m., well, 11 or 10 a.m., depending on the time, like, when the time zones change here. But it, when it was starting to air, it was starting at, 11 a.m. I think here so I was at work when it would start and uh, when when it started airing and I remember and I just put my phone on my at my desk and I was just watching it on my phone um while I did my work and my boss walked in the room and he was like JR like can I hear JR talking and I was like yeah he's like holy crap this place that you keep going on about they have JR and then he came and like looked at my phone he was like oh my god that's Jericho Chris Jericho is that like and it was just that realization that like this person that watched wrestling as like a kid and had stopped watching wrestling by having these people that hardcore wrestling fans are like we don't need these like people to like the superstars or whatever like we're going to bring all these other super I don't know if I'm making sense but like there's a lot of people I think that are like oh we don't need like JR and all these throwback people because they're like that's not what this is about this is about the younger generation but like by having those people oh I want to watch this and then he watched it with me and he watched it with me every week to the point that when I was going overseas but how am I going to find out who's going to win this tag team tournament if you're not here watching it with me (laughs) next week and so when I was like oh hey like I'm going to do something with them because like you know you can't tell people in the industry but I can tell my random boss here because he's (laughs) what's he going to do tell the guys down at the pub like (laughs) they don't care um so I was like oh you know like I'm probably I'm going to do some things on the tv you know like i don't know i don't know what i'm gonna do but i'm I'm gonna be there he's like oh that's really cool like so like they they saw it as cool when you got the call how did that work with aew when you got invited to go and be a part of their show so when i got for the casino battle royale um the first time so the first thing i did with them that was so i'd wrestled um brandy back in november last year um and her and Cody had kind of talked to me a bit after it about like that this was something that was going to happen, like that they were going to, this company was a real thing, like the rumors that everyone had been hearing on the internet um, and that I should stay available, blah, blah, blah kind of stuff. And then like, they'd always kind of told me that this battle royale thing was probably going to happen. Um, But then it got kind of like close to when the battle royale was going to happen. And then, um, it didn't look like they were going to be able to use me or whatever it was. Like they were, they were going in a different direction. And I had a bit of a mental breakdown, but we're okay. We, we got past it. And then like a week and a half, maybe two weeks before the actual casino battle royale, I woke up one morning and I just had a message saying, hey, you still available? And I was like, ah, yes, <laughs> very still available. Um so like, and then that just kind of happened. Like I, I'd kind of given up all hope. I was like, well, that's all right. That that's not going to happen for me. We move on and we go on with life. And then, um, when I did the casino battle, I was like, okay, maybe I can do more. And then like, I happened to, like, I was going to be in America, um, for a couple of weeks for some other stuff. And I was just like, oh, Hey, like, I'm in the country. You got a TV show. <laughs> I... <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so it just kind of went for like, I didn't like when I was like, oh, hey, like I'm around. I didn't expect anything from it. And then it was like, oh, yeah, definitely. Like, <laughs> of course. And I was like, what? <laughs> OK, <laughs> cool. We'll just do that then. 
Yeah. <laughs> you had a groundswell of support uh, from that. Obviously, hashtag shine, shaz, shine, 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 Again, let me run that. Let me have another run of that. Yep. Hang on. I, I got this. I got this. Compilation. Okay. No, I got this. Right. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag sign Shazza. Right. Yes, we had, nailed we had it. A, we had, a, we had a big swell for Sign Shazza uh, off the back of all of this. That must have felt amazing. Yeah, that was crazy. So that all, like, happened as I was flying home. So it was like I got off my plane where I'd been traveling for, like, 30 hours and not slept, and I was just severely drained and tired. And then I just turned on my phone, got data, and I was suddenly tagged in all these, like, hundreds of tweets that said hashtag Sign Shazza. And I was like, oh. Oh, this is the thing that's happening. This is this is crazy. Like, this is really nice. I like you guys. Thank you. Even, even <laughs> I really Brand, appreciate even you. Bradley was behind it as well. And obviously, as you've said you know, before, like they'd spoken to you privately about it, but to, to have the support of Brandy and Cody as well. Wow, that's so. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see where the world goes. We'll see what happens. Regardless of that, I mean, the one thing that I mean, the the you know. You've been a, you've been a part of AEW forever. That is now that will never be without question. Yes, um, and I'll uh, always be the first Australian. Exactly, exactly. You'll you'll forever always, have that. And I'll forever have that. <laughs> and your face is in history as a result of of a particular photo. Yes, photo right. that James took of me. <laughs> James Mossaway is is an incredible photographer. Yes, he is. He has captured this beautiful moment of you doing the face with hands under your chin. Yep getting full-on kicked in the face at the same time. <laughs> yep, um, sure am. Can you remember slash talk us through that moment? Okay, well, that moment, specifically, I remember I hit my stunner and I was um, there and I was like, oh, I have to pose. And then in my head, because, okay, so me and Kylie Ray have very similar uh, poses uh, so, and in my head, I was like, I, we didn't know what was going on with Kylie Ray at the time. And I was like, I don't want to do anything that like reminds people of Kylie Ray. And like, I remember thinking in my head, don't do the pose, don't do the pose, don't do the pose, don't do the pose. And then my hands were just under my, my chin. And I was like, oh my God, I'm here. This is happening. Crap. <laughs> I was having this internal panic. And then I got kicked and I was like, oh, okay, it's over now. It's going to lie here now, very still. And, uh, oh, I was no, like, no, oh no. no. Nobody noticed. I was like, I'm sure no one noticed that I did the pose. Oh no, oh no. But now I think it's now it's fine. But like at the time, I because I didn't know what was going on with Kylie. No one had said anything. Like it was before they'd even said that she'd been like granted her release or anything. And I didn't I didn't want to do anything that was gonna upset anyone in any way, shape, or form. So I was just like, oh no, no, don't do. Oh crap, my hands are just there because this is what I naturally do because that's just what I've done for so many years. And then, yeah, so that that was that's my panic in my life. And it all worked out fine. And you would now, yeah, and you now have a, a Facebook cover photo for the rest of your life. Exactly. As well as taking three wrestling matches onto the island, uh, I'm also going to ask you to bring with you a movie, an album, a oh. luxury oh. item. Oh, Springing oh, this upon thee. Uh, now, okay. Obviously, in the same sense as the, with the matches, it hasn't got to be like what. This isn't me just pushing a mic into your face and going, "What is the best film ever? Tell me now." It's more a case of a film that you're happy, you know, that you could happily have on and watch several times over and over and over and over and over if you needed to. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Well, like the the first one that I'm just going to go with the first one that came to my my head. Mm. Well, there's two that really come to my head. So it uh, like so the first one that came to my head was the Notebook. But I think that's just because I've watched it so many times. And I feel like I could probably watch it forever 
because it's such a like I, it's still like I've watched it literally hundreds of times and I still cry but then I also think wow that would make me really depressed if I was just on an island watching the notebook over and over again um so it's probably not a great idea the other one is forgetting Sarah Marshall which is you know a bit more happier, a bit more upbeat, still has its moments where it tugs at your heartstrings, but takes you on a roller coaster of emotions and you get, you get the whole movie cinematic experience, I feel, with Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And it's a very underrated movie that no one really talks about. It's great. It's very good, isn't it? Russell Brand is brilliant in this. Yeah, it's a fantastic movie. It's a really, really good movie. It has every, every, every like emotion and point that you want to get. Didn't it have a spin-off, or am I, or am I just thinking that that, that Russell I Brand did a, then, a familiar film? I think Russell Brand did do like a spin-off of his character. Yeah. Movie. I don't remember what. Like, I, I, I did watch it. I don't remember it. <laughs> Get him to the Greek. That was it. Get him to the Greek. That. Yeah. There. Yeah. With Rose, Rose Brian, 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 Brian. She's Australian. I should know her name. We won't tell her if you don't know, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, Okay, but which of them then? Notebook or Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Oh, God. Uh-oh. Look, I reckon, I reckon Forgetting Sarah Marshall just will be more enjoyable to watch over and over again. Okay. Whereas, like, you just kind of, like, could, like put yourself into, like, this deep depression if you just watch the, the notebook over and over again. Like, I mean, it's lovely, but it's also, like, you'd be like, oh. And then you just watch them die again. And again. <laughs> and again. <laughs> but then you put your car on and you're fine. And then um, you're happy. <laughs> How about an album? I have some very strange music taste. Like, it is literally all over the shop. My favourite album, I like, I was having a, a very deep conversation with myself as I was driving the other day because I own every single Taylor Swift album and I'm very passionate about the fact that uh, after the album Red, she got super pop and then I was like, like 1989 and Reputation onwards, I was like, this is trash. I still bought it because like, I have to buy all of the Taylor Swift albums, <laughs> but they're trash. I remember deciding the other day that Speak Now is the best Taylor Swift album, so it's probably the album that I would take with me. Why is it? Why do you still find you buy the Taylor Swift albums? Is it just like a, a thing? Like well, a now it's like an thing? an OCD thing. Right. Yeah. Okay. That makes now sense. it's a very OCD thing. Like I haven't. I don't listen. Like I would have listened to 1989 and um, Reputation like maybe once when I first got it to decide that I don't like it, and then never listen to it. Like I literally, I have a Christmas album. Like I literally have everything. Like it's just a, it's a completest thing. Like I just, I need now to have it. What do you think changed for Taylor Swift? She just, uh, she's stopped being like, she got too pop. Like it's there's 1989 is the first album where she doesn't have any like, um, where it's all like auto tuned and stuff. Like it's not, um, it's like overproduced. It's not like there's not like the country like guitars and stuff like that which is when you when i listen to taylor swift is what i'm after i want that like country popish music i don't and like yeah it just gets very like too mainstream poppy for me which is like i like i like pop all like it's fine but that's not what i'm listening to taylor swift for you know how taylor swift was somebody that you started off really loving and now you're not a fan but you you persist anyway is yeah. There, is there any music artists that have gone the other way, whereas you used to hate them and now you've grown to love them? I was going to say Justin Bieber, but I don't really. Like, I like one of his songs and that was it. <laughs> like, But I was obsessed with that, like, that Where Are You Now song. I used to, like, it came out when I was, like, working at the gym and I was always on clothes. And so the last, like, 
half an hour of the day, you I would just have that song on repeat and everyone working out at the gym just had to listen to that song on repeat because <laughs> it was my favorite song at the time. Wow. I was just like, this is it. This, like, for some reason, I, I, I was just like, this song is the best. Um, but then I, that's not an actual, like, everything else that he's done, I don't care. Like, I think I bought the album that that, because I just buy albums. I'm an album buyer. I don't know why. It's just, like, I like to physically own CDs and I like to buy albums. Like, I don't buy I mean, I don't think people sell singles anymore, but like I didn't, I never bought singles. I always just needed the whole goddamn album and I needed it. Like it was just a thing. Like even on like iTunes and stuff when before like Apple Music or whatever, I would buy entire albums. I would never just buy songs. So my iTunes just has all these random albums on them. So you, you, don't, you don't buy them physically, you buy them digitally or do you get both? Oh, now I buy, phys- I still buy physical albums. Like if yeah. I like, if I'm keen on something, I'll buy a physical album. It's also mainly because my car's really old and doesn't have like an aux cable-y thing. So that's, I have to listen to CDs oh, in my car. right. Well, you're keeping, the, you're keeping the radio industry alive, which is very which is yeah. very good to hear because everybody else has got aux cables or Bluetooth. So it's nice that somebody yeah. can only listen to, uh, to, yeah, to, to Kiss or whatever. Hamish and Andy, oh, miss them so much. Used to be. So, like, in the morning, I was never really big on Kyle and Jackie O. My morning people are um, uh, M- 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 Mikey and Emma on The Edge, 96.1. That's my, like, I listen to them Oh, do they every do, morning. Um, don't they do a thing where you can call in and complain about them? The hate, haters, haters Line. Haters Line, yep. that's it, yeah. Yep, that's my favourite morning radio because it's just horrifically offensive and it's hilarious. I love it. Um, and then I would always listen to Hamish and Andy in the afternoon. Uh, a luxury item. doesn't necessarily have to be functional, but something that can make you feel like happy, feel warm uh, away from home. It can be a functional item. I can tell you that um, Colt Cabana wants to bring a B-Day with him. James Storm wants to bring toilet paper, and um, I mean, yeah, that's a that's a good luxury item. That's Nick, a well Nick thought Aldis, out luxury item. <laughs> Nick Aldis wants to bring his Jaguar, and I mean, that uh, seems silly. David Starr wants to bring a body pillow. So you've got a nice cross section of things. <laughs> so there's electricity on this island suddenly for some reason, we, right? Yeah, because of We're reasons. Gonna, I can't take a whole bit. That's an electric blanket. That's fine. I'll, I'll assemble an island, like <laughs> uh, I'll assemble a bed on an island. <laughs> Like, yeah, I feel all... like I'd take a whole bed. Okay, that's all right. You you like your sleep, don't you? Just be like, oh, look, I'm comfy. I'm not, like, rolling around in sand or whatever. <laughs> like, this is nice. Do you use an electric Just... blanket? I do use an electric blanket. Something my husband got me into. Like, I never had an electric blanket, but my husband always had an electric blanket. So when we moved in together, he was like, electric blanket. And I was like, that's weird, but okay. But now I'm like, oh, electric blanket. Yes. <laughs> was there anything else that you learned or were introduced to when you, when you and your husband moved in together? Um, making the bed, because I used to think that was really pointless. Um, but he was like, you have to make the bed every day. Like, that's like, it's so nice when you come home into a nice, like made bed. And I was like, that's weird. Who cares? Cause I'm like a hobo. But now I'm like, oh my God, I have to make the bed. It is so nice getting into a made bed. I heard on another interview that like you, obviously you, yes, you know, you, you live together, but you're, you're not particularly keen to work directly together because it's a bit of a conflict of interest. Oh, like I, so I have this like theory that like working together in wrestling and stuff is like the kiss of death, um, for a relationship hundred percent. Like it's just my theory. Like every couple that ever worked together in wrestling at some point, they break up. It's a very common thing that like, I'm not saying it's going to happen automatically, but it will happen. But we also have very different like opinions and 
views because I like to discuss wrestling. So I get to discuss wrestling. We don't just agree on wrestling. We discuss it. It's like, it's just, I'm, I'm also just a very weird superstitious person. Like before every time I wrestle, I eat an apple and I have a five hour power because one time I didn't do that and I had a horrible match and like that must be why. It's not, I just had a bad match. Maybe I, I, I definitely have OCD. That plus the Taylor Swift album thing. I'm beginning to think that uh, that might be the case. But not that it's a bad thing. No, it's what yeah. gets you through the day. It's like... I have something. Because oh, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Exactly. And the last thing you want is a doctor to come at you during a wrestling match. The logic is there. Have you seen any other, any other weird superstitions? I have like three wrestling bras and I've only ever wrestled like matches in those three wrestling bras. And they're very old because I've been wrestling for like 11 years now. This is far too much information. <laughs> We're just going to roll with it. <laughs> Yeah, I just have like, and I'm just like, but I can't wrestle in any other bra than that. Like, I could just go buy another bra. Or I could just wear another bra that I own, but I just won't. Is there no but way yeah, you can like, slowly introduce a new bra into the rotation? Well, well I wear completely different bras at training. But would a training wrestling bra become an actual wrestling bra, a bit like getting know, an man. NXT call-up? I don't yeah. know. Wean myself off it by wearing my crappy old bra and then a new bra on top of it to ease myself into that makes sense and then like you know like wean myself off it like some sort of drug addict <laughs> your third and final match for your dvd oh, chatter. what have we got yes, i chose wrestle kingdom 10 the main event was okada versus tanahashi and IWGP heavy yeah, I hadn't really watched much Japanese wrestling. I watched that, but I didn't watch much else. But I remember, like, so this airs at, like, it airs at normal time in Australia because it starts at, like, 6 p.m. on, like, a Tuesday or a Wednesday or, like, a middle of the week. Um, and I remember, like, this main event went on at, like, 11.30, which is way past my bedtime. Like, I am done with life at 11.30 at night on a weeknight. Like, it's just not happening, guys. I remember my husband used to explain them to me, like, because I didn't know their names, um, and he would be like, uh, John Cena, Jap Japanese John Cena and Japanese Hulk Hogan is how he would explain them to me. Um, so that's what I knew them as. And he was like, yeah, so they're fighting. He's like, Japanese Hulk Hogan and Japanese John Cena are fighting. And I was like, yes, this is cool. Okay. But then I remember watching it so enthralled. Like I've never been so hooked on a match that I didn't have any prior like connection to the performers in the match, if that makes sense. Like I was, but I was, I was in hook, line and sinker. I was like on the edge of my seat, like, yeah, like it, it just, yeah, it blew my, blew my mind and started watching New Japan from like then onwards pretty much. What is it, do you think, about that match? I mean, obviously it was a phenomenal match, but what was it in particular that drew you in, even though you had no idea of sort of the backstory of either of the performers? I just think they're both fantastic storytellers when it comes to wrestling and they just, the way they put the match together, like, yeah, I don't know. I can't, I can't even pinpoint it, but the, it was just like I was, I've never been so hooked into a match that, yeah, that I had no, like, emotional connection to prior than I, the, I was for that match. Like, that match just blew my mind. I keep up to date with what's going on, and I watch it as much as possible. Like, I have every single, like, wrestling streaming service that you could possibly have because um, I don't like money, apparently, um, <laughs> and I like to just give it to people. Uh, but, like, yeah, like, I just like to be, be able to be like, oh, I want to watch this and watch what I want to watch at 
whatever time it is. So, um, but yeah, like I, I followed it pretty regularly since, and I've watched every, like I, we've had like Wrestle Kingdom parties like every year since pretty much. <laughs> Are there plans to wrestle in Japan? Oh, that's like my, like number one goal aside from being able to live in America full time is to wrestle in Japan. But I don't know, man, it's hard. I just send out things. I just keep trying, you know, you just send things out. You just send out feelers and you send out things and you try and you try and figure out this business, don't you? <laughs> when are you next getting on a long flight and where's your next tour happening? Next plan is to go to America again next year. Um, I haven't actually booked my stuff yet because I'm just seeing where the world takes me and being irrational about life because um, <laughs> I've got to find some couches to sleep on and hustle and bustle around. But um, yeah, I'll probably be over. I'll, I'll definitely be at Mania Week and stuff like that. And then I haven't decided if I'm coming over before that or, but I'm definitely staying a bit after that as well. Just trying to figure out. Well, we look forward to seeing you wherever you land next. Um, where can people go to find out all about you, Shazza? They can go on Twitter and on Instagram at Shazza underscore McKenzie, because that's my name. Um, I'm also on Facebook, but it's really just stuff that I've posted on Instagram that's been shared over into the Facebook. So, you know, probably not that exciting, but you can just search me up, Shazza McKenzie. Um, and what else? I have a Patreon, which if you want to support me uh, financially, that would be delightful. Um, you get to hang out with me. I do live streams. Um, one time I had uh, surgery on my face and half my face was numb and I gave you guys a video of me talking with <laughs> half my face numb. So it's some really quality content up there. Like, uh, And then every now and then I'll like post photos of my butt. Like not my bare butt, but like, you know, it's pretty sexy. You know, people like it. Get, an, get a few extra Patreons when I do that, actually. They're like, oh, but. Like, okay, <laughs> Click <whatever."> immediately. Here is some <laughs> yeah. money. You've forgotten one other way people keep up to date with you. What other way? You forgot TikTok. Oh, my God. Yeah, TikTok. <laughs> At Shazza McKenzie. Oh, my gosh. Yes, please follow me. I only have like 300 followers on TikTok. I mean, it's only been a week, but still, like, come on, guys. It should be thousands by now. I should be going viral. I should be making, like, money from TikTok. I should be selling my bath water <laughs> at that point. Uh, Shazza, this has been ace. Thank you thank you so much for the chat today. What, no worries. What I love is the way that this all came about, which is the whole fact that <laughs> I think on Friday night, you I think you tweeted out, I need a hype man. And yes. I got tagged a couple of times, so I responded. You responded with the Dr. Evil come here gif. So here we are. <laughs> here we are. That, like that, that tweet it? got me some weird stuff. Someone <laughs> someone tagged Taka Michinoku in it and he was just like, question mark. And then I was like, come be my hype man. And he was like, who are you? Are you a wrestler? <laughs> that's, that's your in to Japan, that is. That's your <laughs> yeah. <name>. yeah. <laughs> but hey, that look, was my I, life. You needed a hype man. Consider us hyped. Yes. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs> 